Hi, and welcome to Popholics, the show where a dad and daughter dish on pop culture. I'm Steve Hall. I'm Kate Hall, and I apologize for my air conditioner. It's really loud, so hopefully hopefully you all can hear me. <laughs> We've got a guy working on storm windows, so you might hear some banging. Um, <laughs> Kate, what are you drinking? I'm drinking water, because it's going to be hot. Uh-huh. So am I. It's a like giant, dad and daughter. A giant, what is this, 24 ounce? cup of water. I'm drinking from a plastic cup. I got a drink in at Bayou Boogaloo. So there you go. Okay. (laughs) All right. Today's show, we're going to talk about Cha-Cha Real Smooth, a movie that both of us have seen. Uh, We're also going to talk about Rutherford Falls, which is streaming, Peaky Blinders, Harry Mm -hmm. Styles' new album, and then if we have time, a couple of books. So Kate, let's talk about Cha-Cha Real Smooth First, this is a movie that um, is out in theaters, and it's also available on Apple TV. So, yes. tell a little bit about this movie. Um, well, do you want to give the premise? Because <laughs> I have thoughts. Okay. So, didn't... all right. Yeah. So, the premise is that a recent college graduate, a little bit lost, doesn't quite know what he's doing with his life. Through by accident, he starts getting gigs as a party starter. So he goes to bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs. And uh, gets people dancing and having a good time. And in the process, he meets this slightly older woman who has a autistic daughter. It's about their friendship and kind of a budding romance. Okay. Yes. And it's written, directed, and starring Cooper Ruff. Is that how you say R? I think Ruff or Rafe, um, who, who is only 25, which is yeah. wild. Yeah, we're going to talk uh, about that in a minute. And then Dakota Johnson plays the... The mom, uh, Vanessa Burghardt, uh, the autistic uh, daughter. It's also got Leslie Mann, uh, Judge Apatow's wife, uh, who's been a bunch of great stuff. And and Brad Garrett from, uh, originally from Everybody Loves Raymond, he's been doing a lot of character roles. So what do you think, Kate? Yeah. So I was, uh, I had read a couple of just really brief synopsis, synopsi about it that said it's the Sundance Darling and so, and basically I, I agree, but Sundance means for better, or for worse, it's like an indie movie, a, for the most part, well put together movie, but I'm already kind of what kind of already less, you know, less like big action sequences. It's just not a quote unquote big movie, but for me, it was very like, uh, it came off as an actor's movie like it's about the performances which is fun that's fine that's great but also I wrote none of the emotional scenes really hit for me and there is a lot of emotion (laughs) there's a lot of emotion explored especially like you know we've all been through it of graduating college and you're supposed to have a life path figured out and you don't and there's a lot of outside pressure I'm like, what are you going to do? Like, oh, you can't just be a party. But what are you actually going to do? You can't just be a party starter. Even though, like, in the movie, his character, he enjoys it. He has fun. I and mean, I, I think that's fine. But, you know, like, we all dealt with that. And then also just being, like, a 22-year-old and thinking that love is one thing and being really, really... <laughs> naive? Well, I don't want to just say naive. Just, like, just... Think, of course, thinking that you know what it is, and that's not most of the time. That's not what it is at all. But that's but you haven't lived life enough. Like you've barely been alive. 
Mm -hmm. uh, in the grand scope of things to know what romantic love is. (laughs) So it was fine. And then also I found this review from polygon.com. I don't know what website that is, but it popped up and it made me laugh because it really like captured what I was thinking. Uh, The reviewer said that none of the characters ever feel like real people, least of all, don't quote unquote, least of all Domino, who's more of a vibe than a person. Uh, and Domino's Dakota Johnson's character. I would, I would agree with that. <laughs> I thought about that too. Like I she see, like, she seemed like this, this vibe and sort of this vessel that he could project feelings on to, right. rather than this real person. Right. Maybe. Which we all, we all do it. Yeah. If I just chuckled because I was like, man, that's exactly what I was thinking, and I don't. <laughs> no. Like, dude, I, try. I wrote um, that um, it was written by a guy who was in his early 20s at the time he wrote it. And sometimes it feels that way. Parts are wildly improbable. You would hire a total stranger to babysit your autistic daughter. What the? <laughs> and then the bit about Dakota Johnson being not really a fully fleshed out character. I did say, though, at the same time, it was enjoyable. It does, I felt it did capture the messiness and uncertainties of your 20s when you're trying to figure out how to be an adult and you're making a lot of mistakes. I thought it did yeah. that pretty well. And I did like his relationships. It's Cooper plays uh, Andrew is the name of the character. I loved his relationship with Lola, the autistic uh, girl, and mm-hmm. also his kid brother. It was kind of sweet the way that they yes. were brothers that really cared about each other. Yeah, it was nice to see. And they still, you know, like, especially with the brother, they still have arguments and fights. But you don't really see that kind of loving relationship between siblings, I think, because arguably um, a dysfunctional relationship is is more exciting to watch. More dramatic. It gives you more, more dramatic, more uh, fodder. Yeah, for yeah. a good story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That was really nice, too. And I really liked, even though Leslie Mann was like barely in it, I really liked their relationship between mother and son because you could tell, they don't really go into the backstory a lot, but you can tell that they've been through it. And they have a, to me, it seemed they had a good relationship because of that, which also isn't explored very much. So it was fine. It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's damning with faint praise right there. When Kate Hall says it was fine. So anyway, that's Cha Cha Real Smooth. It's uh, on, like we said, it's in theaters on Apple TV. Uh, His other movie, we can't really say the name of it on uh, the podcast. We'll just say uh, Crap House and you can figure out what the name of it is. That was his first movie. This one, I think he got $15 million at Sundance or something. He was complaining because he he didn't want to direct it he didn't want to i think he didn't want to direct it he just wanted to act in it but then they couldn't find the director that fit his vision so he did it i'm going to talk now about another streaming option which is rutherford falls which is on peacock it just uh, dropped its second season june 15th the reason i watched this show was because i was in the car and there was a hilarious interview on public radio with Jana Schmetting, who's a Native American actor, writer, and comedian. Okay, and she she has she has one of the main roles in the show, and it was just a hilarious interview, just like laughing out, you're laughing out loud listening to it. Well, 
The show's not quite like that. It was created by Ed Helms of The Office, Michael Schur, who created Parks and Recreation, and Sierra Teller Ornelas, who's a producer and writer on such shows as Superstore. The point of reference here is Parks Parks and Recreation because it aims for that similar uh, storyline of like uh, dorks with big hearts, sometimes tackling big issues and the communities involved, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So this show has two dorks. Helms plays Nathan Rutherford, who lives in a small town in the Northeast that was founded by his family. And he's very obsessive about protecting the family legacy. Okay. His best friend is the other dork. This is who's played by Schmetting, Regan Wells. And she's a a native American from the fictional uh, Minnesota nation. Okay. And she went away. Sorry, I'm going to cut in and say indigenous, dad, indigenous. Indigenous, okay. <laughs> but anyway, she went away to college. She got two degrees. Now she's back in her hometown. And she's trying to wear, raise awareness of indigenous issues and her particular tribe. And the other main character is Terry, who runs the local c- tribal casino. He's played by Michael Gray Eyes. And he's convinced the way to protect his people and prepare them for the future is capitalism, baby. Money, money, money. Life in Rutherford goes kind of sideways when it's proposed to take down the statue of the founder of the town because it's in the middle of the street. It's a traffic hazard. (laughs) And uh, Nathan Rutherford kind of goes ballistic about this. And then this escalates into this big war of words with the Minishanka nation and his own family. When I watched this pilot, and I got to say up front, after he, when I heard this public radio interview with uh, Schmetting, I really wanted to like this show because uh, they made a big point about how there's Native Americans in front of the indigenous people in front of the camera and also behind the scenes creating it. And then just the level of talent involved. I mean, you know, the guy who created Parks and Recreation, Ed Helms, great, great actor, comic actor. Well, when I watched the pilot, I could see that it was written by smart people who had carefully thought through the setup, and they were very earnest about de- depicting um, indigenous issues fairly. That said, this was one of the most unfunny unfi- pilots I have ever seen in my life. I found Helm's character very annoying rather than likable. And the show gave me absolutely no clue as to why he and this woman from the Minishanka Nation are best friends. It just seemed totally unbelievable to me, right? So then if you don't invest in those characters, if you're not engaged by those characters, why are you going to follow them through these issues? We we literally watched it and it was like, (laughs) (laughs) I felt bad for them. Everything I've read said that the first four episodes of the show are like that, that it doesn't gel. But then after that, it hits its stride and gets better. Um, I didn't have the time or patience to keep with it. So (laughs) that's Rutherford Falls on Peacock. Well, let's see. So I actually have, uh, I can talk about Peaky Blinders for a a little bit because I don't want to spoil anything. And then I also watched another streaming option that I could briefly mention too. Peaky Blinders. We all know I'm super into it. It's a great show. It's it's uh, well-written. It's well-shot. Gorgeous. Very violent. Not your thing if you're not into like his- historical fiction, period pieces. Historical yeah. fiction is kind of dark. 
And we should, yeah. we should point out here, if you haven't seen Peaky Blinders, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It is a gangster drama set in Birmingham, England, after the First World War. Right. And they, they jump around a lot. Also, because of the pandemic, the time between the last series, which ended in the 20s, early 30s, I think. And then this picks back up four years later. So if I'm remembering correctly, in 1933, for me, it felt like this season was a little all over the place just because in real time, it's been so long since I have watched the the last season. So a lot of stuff has happened, like (laughs) coronavirus, all this in real time. And then actually the very talented late Helen McRory actually passed. She played Aunt Polly on the show. So I was really like, Ooh, how are they going to handle this? Great character. Yeah, uh, because this is really, so. With, I'll point out, this show is very strong female characters in addition to the male characters. Right, um, and I wrote in my notes that I was very pleased with how they used her absence to advance the plot of this season, but also it was just like, man, you miss Polly because she is she is the glue. Even though arguably the show focuses on Thomas Shelby, who's played by Killian Murphy, and all of his, like, scheming. Polly is really the one that, that for me anyways, brings everybody together. And it all, the way that all the characters interact and come together for, you know, for the family is all through her. So what happens when she's not there, Uh, which they used in a very, very good way this season. Um, but I was sad that yeah. she was gone. So anyway, so the current season, not going to spoil anything. The current season finds the Shelby's dealing with loss, addictions, and again, as always, powerful enemies. Uh, there's a continuation of them dealing with, I think his name is Oswald, Oswald Mos- Mosley, the basically Nazi fascist leader in England. And they also bring in one of the Mitford sisters, who, if you know about World War II history... Uh, was she was pretty involved with Hitler and the Nazis as well. Wow. Uh, so I really like how they handled that. And then just to sum it up really quickly, uh, I did not expect the ending of this season because it was kind of all over the place. I was like, oh, what's happening? I don't really, really understand where this is going. And then the last episode, I was like on my couch, like, <gasps> um, <laughs> And so, and they did that because... He was doing expressions of surprise and fright. (laughs) um, They did that because the creator, Stephen Knight, has said that there will be a major film adaptation supposed to start going into production, I think, next year. So then I think after that, that'll be it, supposedly. I feel like you you all should, if you have not seen Peaky Blinders, you should give it a chance. Because I think it's a really well done show, and I'm excited to see what they're doing. I recently, um, recently had a a period of time. It's kind of, it's dark and violent, so it's not the sort of thing my wife would watch. And I recently had a period of time where I had she was not here, and I had some time, and so I watched a good chunk of the first season. Very very well done, just uh, great stuff. So that's Peaky Blinders. It's on Netflix. You mentioned you had something <laughs> else streaming you had watched. I also the other night watched Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, which is on Hulu. That's where you're supposed to go. Hulu. <laughs> this stars Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormack, 
who Peaky Blinders connection. He's one of the Peaky Blinders. Thompson plays a retired school teacher who desires some new experiences. Obviously, uh, she hires a sex worker played by McCormick to help her out with these new experiences. And I wrote in my notes, like all great movies with this kind of premise, it's not really about the sex at all. It's about two people learning to be vulnerable, exploring points of view that they haven't explored before, talking about their fears and insecurities. And especially with Emma Thompson, who is, I don't know how old she is, but older, the chemistry and the tension and back and forth between her and McCormick, who is, I think, probably mid to late 20s is really, really good. I'm guessing Emma Thompson is probably in her late 50s, early 60s. Okay. And so I also wrote, funny, sexy, full of heart. Emma Thompson is a gift as per usual. McCormack is so charming. He reminded me a lot of like old Hollywood Mm. stars like Cary Grant and even, even, (laughs) very specific, even Jimmy Stewart, but Jimmy Stewart in the Philadelphia story. Because most of the time you think of Jimmy Stewart as kind of like bumbling and not really like suave. But in the Philadelphia story, he is very, very charismatic and charming and, you know, engaging and inviting, just like Cary Grant was. And so McCormack is like, the second you see him on screen, like, there's just that, that vibe. And you're like, whoa. Mm. So I thought it was really funny. And definitely worth a watch. Hmm. All right. So that's uh, good luck to you, Leo Grande. On Leo, Gra- Leo Grand. Leo on Grand. <laughs> Grande is what you get. That's if they went to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> I have some books to talk about. But why don't you talk about Harry Styles first? So Harry Styles just released a little bit ago, a few weeks ago, his third studio album called Harry's House. And I will say the last two albums were much more i would say they're much more rock influenced um, and we talked about it before on the pop podcast where you can see where he's been influenced by bowie and prince and all of those other rock legends this album and it was kind of jarring to start with is very very 80s influenced with like synthesizers and just like weird like tonal stuff happening in the background and the vocals. I wrote, I wrote, he's just messing around. Uh, <laughs> but in a good way, because we've talked about, we've talked about too how music doesn't have to be, we don't have to take it so seriously. And I, and I, you can tell, we've both said it before, you can tell when you see a performer and they're just going through the motions and they're, they're, they don't really care. Whereas I think, you know, I've never seen him live, but from the videos that I've seen and the performances that I've like checked out on YouTube, it it seems like he's having fun and just experimenting. And that's, that's great. I think the two, my two picks for what we put on the playlist, if we have a playlist this week is uh, music for a sushi restaurant <laughs> and, and then boyfriends, which are two like very opposite songs you might music for a sushi restaurant starts the album off and you might listen to it and be like nope no no i'm done (laughs) but i listened to the whole thing once took a little break and then i've listened to it a couple times since then and i'm and it's grown on me so good job harry styles 
as you were talking about Harry Styles, I started thinking about he's doing the acting thing too. And so have any of those movies come out yet? No. Well, no. So <laughs> he was in Dunkirk, um, which came out. Right. Dunkirk. But I mean, there's the um, one that. There's don't, don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. Yeah. That's supposed to come out later this year. It feels like it just keeps, we keep hearing about it and it feels like, like years. It feels like years yeah. we've been hearing about this movie. Which also, all that stuff, but yeah, but, but when it's that amount of time between filming and release, my instinct is that it's not going to be very good. However, I want to keep an open mind because uh, Florence Pugh, who's great, is also in that along with a bunch of other names. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) And then I can't remember if it's called what it's called, but they just did a photo of something. With him in um, like a suit. I think it's my policeman, the policeman. Hold on. That's going to be coming out on streaming. So he's supposed to be in my policeman, which is supposed to come out on Amazon Prime again later this year. We'll see what happens. And obviously, if uh, my policeman is not very good, the critics will write my policeman. What a cop out! Exclamation point. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about some books to uh, wrap us up here. I had some lake time and was managed managed to read a few books. The first one is called "Girl in the Walls" by A. J. Ganus. That's G. N. U. S. E. So imagine, Kate, you're in your apartment and you get up one morning and you notice like the chair's not exactly where you left it. There's a couple of like pop tarts missing from the kitchen. And then some of your books, some of your favorite books are suddenly gone from the shelf. You can't find them anywhere. Terrifying. Could there be someone else in your place? Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the setup of this novel. And, but and what seems like it's going to be a gothic horror setup is this gripping, suspenseful coming-of-age novel uh, about Elise, who's an orphan girl. After her parents were killed in a car crash, she got away from the like foster home where she was sent. She went back to the house where she had, they had lived. And because there had been all this remodeling and renovations by different owners over the years, there was enough space that she could get in the walls, live in the attic. So the entire time there's another family now living there. (laughs) And she's, she's, she's like observing them, hearing them. And she's right there. Okay. Yeah. And the two, boys, City. <laughs> the two boys kind of start to get this feeling that, you know, somebody's watching. I wrote that she's somewhat lost from life. Ah, but what happens when things that are hidden suddenly become visible once more? That's all I can say other than this is astonishingly imaginative debut novel. So that's Girl in the Walls by A.J. Gnus. Then I want to talk about two by Andrew Piper, uh, The Demonologist and The Resonance. If you miss the kind of scares found in movies like The Exorcist, you know, demonic possession, evil ghosts, things that seem utterly ordinary until suddenly they're frightening as heck, you will like these two excellent horror novels. In The Demonologist, an expert on John Milton's Paradise Lost becomes involved in a cat and mouse game with a demon to try to save his daughter. In The Resonance, I actually like this one a little bit better, United States President Franklin Pierce and his wife, Jane, that's those are real people, are grieving over the death of their young son, Benny, in a train accident in 1853. 
the first lady attempts to contact Benny during a seance in the uh, White House, and she accidentally allows a great evil to cross over from the other side. <laughs> now, what makes this book even more chilling is that it was inspired by real events. In, in reality, the Pierces did lose their son, Benny, in a train accident. And Jane Pierce was so grief-stricken that she continually wore mourning clothes and wore, wrote a long emotional letter to her dead son, asking him to come to her so she could explain her failings as a mother. And she really did invite two noted, noted spiritualists of the day, the Fox sisters, to hold a seance in the White House so she could reach Benny. And that's often. So that's The Residence by Andrew Piper. I, I heartily recommend it. Yeah. Uh, goodness. That, it sounds intriguing, but also like, like you said, uh, well, you didn't say I'm, I'm in a new place and I'm still getting used to it. So I'm <laughs> going to skip those two books because <laughs> I feel like I need my sleep right now. But maybe when I'm more comfortable, um, maybe when I'm more comfortable, we'll see. It's It's been quite a long time since I've been in an apartment building. So um, it's it's kind of nice to hear just like the, the passings through of yeah. the people that live around me. But also at the same time, you hear a noise and you're like, What's, oh God, what is that? And then you're like doing that thing where you're just like staying as still as possible. Like, is that in my house or is that in the person? Like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Right. Um, and it's always nothing. It's fine. It's just your imagination being like, no. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention our next show is a kind of a departure. Kate and I were... <laughs> on vacation and we got a bunch of members of our family together around the table and I recorded with my cell phone this sort of a free-form conversation about pop so uh, yeah. it's, it's pretty interesting there's about eight of us and I was I was amazed that the phone picked us up very very well so uh, that's our next episode cool. uh, heavy editing on that one <laughs> some people were drinking obviously not Kate and I we were you know totally sober <laughs> we're at the top of our game we're at the top of our game <laughs> her cousin at one point says boy this is riveting content <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's next episode so yeah. Kate where can people find us People can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Papaholics Podcast, uh, on Twitter at Papaholics. And then please, as usual, if you have any um, recommendations for streaming, reading, whatever, send us an email to papaholicspodcast at gmail.com. So there you go. So thanks again for listening. Uh, for Papaholics, I'm Steve Hall. I'm Kate Hall. Go out and enjoy pop culture. Bye.